Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had. And she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first. And she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly. But when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the word, pray the word, study the word, proclaim the word, and live the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. The application from the passion of Christ, the gospel reveals that when we fail to obey Jesus's command, commandment, we betray him. This week, stop and observe what you are saying and doing. Make a determined effort to stop the deceit, lying, and manipulation that may be going on in your life. It only brought Judas loneliness and death. The choice is yours to make. Well, I stopped and observed what I was doing when my daughter spent the night. I was, was and was not listening with my heart to what she was talking about. I was listening and comforting her, 
when I went over to her and hugged her and held her for a few seconds. And I was not listening when I asked her if she wanted to hear what I wrote in my journal that morning and did not give her another hug and kiss when she was leaving for work. What was a helpful or new thought from the readings or from the homily you heard on Sunday and from what you learned, what personal application did you choose to apply to your life this week? Well, Deacon Ken in one of his books said, God's love is imprinted on our hearts, not on stone. And from what he learned, he said, was to show others that holiness, what holiness is by my actions rather than my words. My helpful thought is Peter had godly sorrow that brought him to repentance back to God. And Judas had worldly sorrow that led him away from God. From what I learned when I say I am sorry for something, examine myself and see if my sorrow is leading me back to God over, over what I said or did. Or is it causing me to think about it over and over on what I said and did, lead, did leading me away from God in my, into myself and into myself? And what I said and did leading me away from God and into myself. This week is Easter Sunday. It is from John 20, 1 to 9. Early in the morning, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been moved away. She, so she ran off to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and told them, the Lord has been taken from the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. At that, Peter and the other disciples started out on their way toward the tomb. They were running side by side. But then the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He did not enter, but bent down to peer in and saw the wrappings lying on the ground. Presently, Simon Peter came along behind him and entered the tomb. He observed the wrappings on the ground and saw the piece of cloth which had covered the head, not lying with the wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the disciple who had arrived first at the tomb went in. He saw and believed. Remember, as yet they did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. We'll go into the questions. One, who came to the tomb? Mary Magdalene. And what did she see when she arrived at the tomb? The stone rolled away. Where was Mary Magdalene as Jesus hung on the cross? Near the cross. John 19, 25 says, near the cross of Jesus, there stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Three, what did Jesus drive out of Mary? Mark 16, 9 says, Jesus rose from the dead early on the first day of the week, 
he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. To whom did Mary run? To Simon Peter and the other disciple to whom Jesus loved. And what did she say to them? They have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Five. What did Peter and the other disciple do? They went out and came to the tomb. Who reached the tomb first? The other disciple. And how did they get there? They ran. John 20, 3 and 4. Personal question. In what way do you see yourself running to see where Jesus is? Ken said, I have an, an urgency to know more about him in the scripture. And I said, and then I said, I run to him in prayer when there is a crisis in the family. I pray every morning and all through the day. Are you persevering in running the race? Both Ken and I said, yes. On whom are you keeping your eyes fixed? Both of us said, Jesus. Do your family and friends see you as someone with eyes looking up or cast down? Again, we both said looking up. This excites me to see how we were both united in prayer. This personal sense also to read Hebrews 12, one and two. So I'll read that now. Therefore, since we for our part are surrounded by the end, the cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every encumbrance of sin, which clings to us and persevere in running the race, which lies ahead. Let us fix, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who inspires and perfects our faith. For the sake of the joy which lay before him, he endured the cross, heedless of its shame. He has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God. So where is Jesus found? That is where one should be running to the poor to the Blessed Sacrament, to the Eucharist, to penance, to the confused, such as our politicians and clergy and so forth. The run will be guided by Jesus if we pray. Question six, what did the disciple do when he got to the tomb and what did he see lying on the ground? John 25, verse five. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there. What did Peter do when he got there? He went into the tomb. What did he observe on the ground, the burial cloths? And what did he notice about the cloth which had covered Jesus' head? It was not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. What did the disciple who had arrived first do? He went in and what was his reaction to this. He saw and believed. John 20, verse 8. 9. What does it take to believe? Accept Jesus and believe in his name. John 1, 12 says, any who did accept him, he empowered to become children of God. These are they who believe in his name. 10. What will we receive by believing in the name of Jesus? John 3, 36 says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever disobeys the Son 
will not see life, but must endure the wrath of God. 11. After Jesus rose from the dead, what did the disciples come to understand and believe? And when did they understand and believe? John 2.22 says, only after Jesus had been raised from the dead did his disciples recall that he had said this and come to believe the scripture and the word he had spoken. In Luke 24, 30 to 32 says, when he had seated himself with them to eat, he took bread, pronounced the blessing, then broke the bread and began to distribute it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Whereupon he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning inside us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? This makes me think of the mass. 12. What does Jesus say about say what does Jesus say about those who believe and have not seen? John 20:29 20, says, "You became a believer because you saw me." Blessed are they who have not seen and have believed. A personal question. How have you seen a change take place in your life through reading the scriptures? Have you come to believe in the spoken word of Jesus through the scriptures? Remember, John tells us that Jesus is the word made flesh. Pray and ask God to fill you with an understanding of the word through his gift of the Holy Spirit that you received from him. Deacon can answer that. I have lost my fear of death. The word has changed my life. I have come to know Jesus personally through his holy word. And I answered that. The scriptures have transformed my life, which they really have. Fear has been replaced with power, his power, his courage. And the last part of that question, have you come to believe in the spoken word? Absolutely. We'll go into the commentary. John 21 to 9. The divine plan of God for all people was accomplished through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All people would now be eligible to be called sons and daughters of God because of Jesus Christ's perfect act of obedience. Because of him, we will one day rise from the grave like Christ in our glorified bodies. The resurrection was the basis of the new Christian faith. Had it not happened, Christianity would never have started. There would have been no Easter Sunday Peter would have returned with his companions to their fishing nets and boats, and Jesus Christ would have been forgotten after a few short years. Mary Magdalene's discovery of an empty tomb brought shock and fear. She ran to Peter and told him that she thought someone had stolen the body of Jesus. Peter had to see for himself and check out the facts. We might take notice of how the clothes were folded after they discovered Jesus's body was gone. They would not have been arranged that way if there had been a robbery. 
The disciples were completely surprised when they found the empty tomb. It was only then that they remembered that Jesus had said that he would rise again. Many people today do not believe in Jesus because the facts do not check out. We can only accept the fact of the resurrection when we have first personally encountered Jesus Christ. The understanding of the resurrection takes on a special meaning as we commit our lives to Jesus and his presence remains with us. Jesus's resurrection is the key to our Christian faith because death as we know it is not the end. Jesus's bodily resurrection shows us that he is ruler of God's kingdom. Because of his promise, we who die to ourselves with him will rise from the dead with him. Because of him, you and I can face tomorrow without fear. Because of him, we have his Holy Spirit living within us and protecting us against all evil. 1 John 4, 4. Because of him, we can witness to the whole world that if they believe in Jesus Christ, they may also receive eternal happiness. Because of him, all mankind can really be free and live forever. Hallelujah. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is alive. Our application. Jesus's death brought us freedom from sin and death. We are now called to, to free others from sin and death here on earth. Some of us can do that by our professions as medical people, legal people, politicians, educators, business people, parents and children. This week, free someone in your family, home or work, from a chore that you know they don't like. Let them see that joy is in someone who really knows that he is free. Then each day, have your family gather together to pray that all may become free from sin through Jesus Christ. Because of him, you are free. Let freedom ring throughout this land. Let's close with prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this lesson. Thank you for all you went through, your life, your death, your resurrection. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's all we can say and, and live for you. We love you, Lord, and thank you for what you've done for us. You've given us life, life to the full. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He has risen. Go forth and make disciples of all men, women, all you know. Have a blessed week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S. -S 
G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.